0: Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word of Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today. We get into the Word of God and talk about it. We've been going through a series on the sayings of Jesus, things Jesus talked about. Today is a a difficult one. Of course, keep in mind, a lot of things Jesus said went counter-cultural. They went counter what people wanted to hear because it's not problem wasn't with Jesus. The problem's with us. There's things in us that don't like the truth of God, and when we hear it, sometimes people react to it. Today is a big one people react to, and that is the subject of eternal judgment. Jesus taught there's a judgment coming, and he taught that for some people it would be a tremendous reward, a tremendous glory, there would be eternal life. Today we want to talk about that other side, and that is eternal judgment, eternal Hell. Does it exist? Is it real? Did Jesus talk about it? Did he mean it? Was it literal? And I've got a question for you. When was the last time you heard someone talk about hell? How often do you think about it? I must confess, it is an uncomfortable topic. If half the things the Bible says about hell, half the things Jesus Christ said about hell, if even just half of them are true, it's a terrifying place. Terrifying beyond what you can imagine in, in, in reality. And a lot of people have trouble with it. They have difficulty with it. They'd rather not think about it at all. Remember on campus, I've had more than one person tell me they don't worry; they don't need to worry about hell because they don't believe in it. And to me, that's kind of like saying you don't need to worry about paying the rent because you don't believe in pain. You don't need to worry about finals because you don't believe in taking tests. Well, it's not up to you whether you believe in it or not. It's what the teacher or what the landlord or, in this case, what the Almighty says. The Bible does teach there is a day of accountability. For some, it will be a glorious day. For others, it'll be a frightening day, a terrifying day. Let's look at some of what Jesus said here. And, and there's two places I would go to more than anywhere if I really wanted to know what was the eternal judgment like. In Luke 16, he tells the story of Lazarus and the rich man, and the, the rich man had everything he wanted in life. And Lazarus had nothing. He didn't even have—he was he was hoping to eat the food that fell from the table that the dogs would eat up first, and the dogs would even come lick his wounds. He had no compassion at all from this rich man. The rich man died and went down to, it says, Hades. Now, of course, this was before Jesus had died and risen from the dead, and I believe in the Old Testament there was a place of waiting, shall we say— there was both Abraham's bosom, a good place, paradise, and then there's the bad place where this rich man went. We don't even know his name. We just know that it was a place of torment. And we know that he was thirsty. He begged he begged Abraham to send Lazarus to just put one drop of water on his tongue. He said, for I'm in agony in his flames. I didn't get it. Because Jesus said, there's a great chasm between you and us. We can't pass from there, and you can't come up here. Evidently, there's some way of communicating in this place. Again, this this was pre-resurrection of Jesus, pre the eternal judgment. But it was obviously a terrible, terrible place. No one would want to go there. And I've often thought that that, Jesus told that parable 2,000 years ago, and that man's still there or perhaps even in a worse place we don't know exactly. But here in the the other place is in Matthew 25 where Jesus tells the parable of separating the sheep from the goats. The sheep did good deeds. They they doing the good deeds didn't make them sheep, but because they were the sheep they did the good deeds and because the goats were the goats they didn't. And he talked about the eternal judgment, the separation of the sheep and the goats. And here we have some description of what happened to the goats, the people he said on the left. Look at some of this. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. And then he says they, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Several things here that we want to take note of. Depart from me. He said this earlier, the same thing in, in, um, in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, where he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father. And then he says to those who, who didn't, he said, depart from me, you practice lawlessness. I never knew you. Here, depart from me, you are cursed ones. Wow. What a description to have of your life as you enter into eternity that you are a an accursed person. And he says that they would go into an eternal fire, a fire that would burn forever. It wasn't prepared for people. This is a place no person, no human should ever go. This was made for the devil and his angels. No one should ever wish this upon their worst enemy. No one should ever, you know, when you say to some, you know, sometimes we curse one another, we say, tell them, go to hell. What a terrible thing to say to a person. There there could be fewer things that you could, fewer things that would be worse to say to a person. You could say, I hope that you get murdered a thousand times. I hope you get raped. I hope you get robbed or mugged, none of that. The worst thing you could say about a person on earth or the worst curse you could wish upon them would not be equal to what will happen if they go into this place called hell. You wouldn't want to wish that on anyone. And and to say something like that, don't ever, ever, ever say something like that. What a terrible thing to do. Because this is a place of eternal fire. Have you ever been burnt? I mean, I have, you know, you touch the grill or you, or a little bit of fire and it's just the tip of your finger or a little piece of skin, and it hurts. And this is something that we're, they're in a fire. My goodness, this is a terrible, terrible thing. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. It was not meant for human beings. We want to be people who want hell to be empty and heaven to be full because we want to say no person should ever go there. And we should indeed have compassion and and feel that pain of anyone that is on this road or this highway that's leading in this direction. It's certainly nothing to joke about. He says here that these will have an eternal punishment. This is not something temporary. This is something that's lasting. Now, different ideas about this. There are, I will say there are legitimate good believers who who are good christian scholars respectable who believe that a person is consumed in this fire that they don't they don't live on forever they they are annihilated in the fire and i think that there is there are some legitimate reasons to believe that but the bottom line is it's terrible judgment no one wants it no one wants it it's going to be terrible terrible it's beyond words i'm repeating myself but it's beyond words Look at what else Jesus said about it. He described it these ways. He gave three descriptions at least six times in the Gospel of Matthew alone. He calls it outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being, I mean, fire is bad enough, but fire in which it's dark, in which which somehow you're being burnt, and yet it's so dark you can't even see. You can hear others weeping. You can hear others wailing. Wailing, I think of it just screaming in torment. Weeping, a sad whimpering that you've lost the energy to to wail, so now all you can do is weep. Gnashing of teeth, you're angry, you're upset. The regret. People ask me again, will this be a literal flame, literal all these things? And to me, no matter how literal it is or isn't, it's a terrible place. When you're gnashing your teeth, just imagine the regret. I often tell students on campus, this day, if you are if you don't believe in Jesus as of right now, this day, either later in this day, you will believe in Jesus and you will consider this for all of eternity, the best day of your life. Or a million years from tonight, you'll be regretting the bad decision you made on this day to not receive Christ, to not turn to Jesus Christ. And so imagine the regret. Imagine the people who would say, I heard the gospel. I didn't believe. I laughed at it. I mocked it. I rejected it. I said, it's not for me. I, 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 I don't want it anymore. The people who'd say, I'd rather sin. I'm willing to go to hell because I like my sin. And they make that decision and that they will live with that regret forever and ever and ever. Oh, my goodness. The, 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 the mental anguish of hell, I think, may very well be worse than any physical description. The regret, the anger, the resentment, the, the bitterness, the, 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 there'll be no goodness in hell. The Holy Spirit won't be there. God won't be there. To me, it, it'll be like being abandoned into a, the worst prison imaginable. You can't get out. And yet there's no rule there. The the gangs are ruling. There's no guard or warden to keep order. It's only abandoned to the most wicked of people. Some people ask, well, by the way, just two other descriptions. The bottomless pit in Revelation 20, verse 3, the lake of fire, we're told in Revelation 20. Some people ask, you know, is this fair? Is this just? Is it even literal? And I think those are questions that, I don't know, they're worth pondering. To me, I'm just going to take it at face value if it's literal. I think Jesus intended for us to think this is a very, very terrible place. It's not comfortable to talk about, but he talked about it. Why? I think he knew it was real. I've never been to hell. I don't know anyone who has been. I think if had I been to hell, had I been a glimpse over hell, or as as, uh, John Wesley said, give me a hundred preachers, let me dangle them over hell for a moment, let them see what's involved there, and we'll go change the world. Perhaps that's the case. And perhaps we're not seeing more repentance, conversion, salvations, because we don't talk about this reality of what happens if we go our own stubborn, unrepentant way. We don't talk about enough. Very rarely. It's uncomfortable to talk about. I don't like to think about it. I'm. It's terrifying to think about hell. But Jesus talked about it a whole lot more than he- heaven and a whole lot more than any other person in the Bible. Perhaps he knew something we don't know. Perhaps rather than just dismiss him or enter into theological arguments about how literal it is or how real it is or how eternal it is or any of that stuff, maybe we ought to say, Jesus said it certainly to motivate us to realize there's a judgment coming. It's serious. Take it seriously. Those of us who have been saved, let's rescue the perishing. And if you're not, you better get right with God soon because you never know when your day will come. You never know. Is it fair and just? Well, again, I leave that up to God. I know what God is like. I know guilty people never think their punishment's right. If you go into a prison, I haven't done, but if you go into a prison, I'm sure everybody there is complaining they were treated unfairly, unjustly, that, that they got this sentence. And guilty people often do that. And I would imagine hell a lot of people think this wasn't fair, this wasn't just, I don't deserve what I'm getting. And even now a lot of skeptics give us give me good arguments. I face them on campus often arguments that appeal to our emotion, that appeal to our sense of, of uh, uh, you, know, you know, that this is just too too difficult. I believe one reason people think hell is too terrible is they don't understand how terrible their sin is. And when I think of hell, how terrible it is in this descriptions, and I remember Jesus went through hell for me on the cross well, it helps me realize, as I've said before, I know the suffering of Jesus was terrible on the cross—the physical suffering, the death on the cross, the scourging, the nails, the whipping, the the crucifixion was terrible. But keep in mind that spiritually, on those hours Jesus hung on the cross, he went through hell on the cross. He experienced the wrath of God. These descriptions of hell that we think are are unimaginable. Jesus experienced that the wrath of God as he hung on the cross. My friend, these things are real. It's true. This should motivate us. It should motivate me. We, like I say, I don't like to think about hell, but it does us well to think about it a little bit more than we probably do, that we might be moved with compassion, and we might do our best to see that hell will be empty, heaven will be full, that we will rescue the perishing, that will help them escape from this judgment. Jesus came to save the lost, not the righteous. He came to save those who deserve eternal judgment. Might you and I be used to see people delivered from this terrible, terrible punishment for having lived a life of rejection of the living God? Father in heaven, we bless you today and we thank you for sending your son Jesus to be the savior of the world. We listen to his words. Jesus, what you said, we believe to be true. This subject of eternal judgment, it is frightening. A lake of fire, outer darkness, weeping, gnashing, teeth, wailing, eternal destruction. Lord, these, 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 these words, these descriptions, they, they are hard for us to even imagine what it must be like. Whatever it is, Lord, however literal it is or isn't, we know it's a terrible, terrible place. We wouldn't want anyone to go there. It was made for the devil and his angels, not for us people you 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 created people with a desire for fellowship and loving them and receiving your love and and relationship, and how we pray that we would experience that, and more and more would as well. our loved ones, our neighbors, our co-workers our fellow students, people we know and care about. I pray, Lord, that you, we would help. You've given us a way of escape. You've given the message. Help us, Lord, know how to share the gospel and have the courage to do so with those we love and care about so that they might have eternal glory rather than eternal judgment. Jesus, we pray. I pray for today right now for people who have difficulty receiving this doctrine. And it may put doubts in their minds about your goodness or even about the scripture. I pray for them, Lord. Help us to see that every word of scripture is true. Help us to accept what you say and understand your goodness, righteousness, justice, and the 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 that you're a your wonderful God. There is no evil, all your judgments are righteous. Help us to know and understand this and cast out any doubts we have about your goodness as we consider eternal judgment as well as eternal glory. Pray these things, bless your day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we talk about the Bible here every day and some some topics are harder to talk about than others. I'm an encourager and I like to talk about positive, upbeat, inspirational things, but I'm gonna teach the whole word of God. I'm not just gonna teach the parts that make us feel good. I'm going to teach the whole thing. This ought to motivate and inspire us to be courageous because it's true. So if you're here with us today, I hope you'll join us regularly. We're here every day. I hope you come and join us either live at 830 or later in the day. You can watch the YouTubes or even listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. Just search for me, Tom the Preacher, and you'll find me. I love you guys. God bless you. So glad to have you along. Might you be strong and courageous and be blessed by God this day. And if you're saved, let's be thankful. What has He delivered us from? The wrath to come. Praise God, we're grateful. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.